0: welcome back to the asian cards podcast Uh, as usual we have brian otherwise known as sunday league investors and eric uh, who is a guest on our show so glad to have you eric and uh, as usual glad to have you brian Life, guys,
1: welcome, 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 Eric, to the Asian Cards podcast, man. Monumental. Um, no, I, I actually really want to prick your brain about F1, uh, particularly, <laughs> man, because I know you were just talking, we we're literally just talking about it. Um, I know you're into basketball, um, and I know you're in, you know, you're dug deep into your basement right now, but otherwise, how, how's everything else going
2: for you? Everything's great, appreciate, uh, appreciate Raymond, you having me on, and obviously, nice to meet you as well, Brian. Um, I will, uh, you know, in terms of F one, I'm I'm a new guy on the block, but it's it's exciting sport, um, if you will, at this point in time. So it'll be it's an interesting topic to discuss as well.
1: For sure, and, and Raymond, um, I know you've been out and about for a while, and we haven't been on this podcast for a week, right? It's been a week, or it feels it's like been, a it's been a, it's been a week.
0: Um, it's only been a week. I think we've been. Uh... They go to a lot of shows, uh, but we'll be back to uh, regularly scheduled programming. Uh, yeah, Raymond's with, uh, too
1: busy for me. You know that's that's the problem. New <laughs> York. Uh, yeah.
0: World, so, world traveler,
1: yes. Yes, you are a world traveler. Um, but let's let's get into some topics, man. There's a lot to talk about. Uh, what have y'all been up to, particularly? You know, I think I'm probably gonna be talking about a lot of. Sports card shows, that might be a segue, but but what else have you guys been up to?
0: I went to my first college basketball game yesterday uh, at MSG. Uh, it was a doubleheader uh, between uh, Kansas and Michigan State, um, and the second game was uh, Kentucky versus Duke. So, like, that was a really, really cool game, and I'd never gone to a college basketball game before. Um, honestly, it was way more fun than watching all the NBA games that I've ever been to. Uh, really, so it certainly won't be the certainly won't be the last time I've gone. Yeah, it's just like the crowd is really amped up. Uh, you have like tons of alumni filling the bleachers. Um, you know, people are very invested in the game. I think the crowd makes a huge, a huge difference.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. College
2: games are like, it's a beast of its own. Right. Like I remember going to basketball games when I was in college um, and those were obviously, you know, obviously the best times um, to go as a student, obviously get the best seats in the house for near nothing. Um, But I think it's like the passion, right? Like professional athletes are, you know, they're effectively, you know, they're, they're being paid to show up and put on a show. Right. Um, As opposed to college athletes, you know, I won't say all of them, but most of them are still there because they like love the game, right? And most of them know that they're not going to make it to the next level, anyways. Um, so they're really there to have fun and put on a show for their peers, and you know, you know, just take it all in, take all the experience in. So I think you, it overall turns into a better experience for the fans.
1: Yeah, and, and it feels like more com- camaraderie uh, in these mm-hmm. games, right? Um, I don't know, it's it's different. Like when you're when you go, you're going to your school. Uh, you're cheering on your school for some reason like you feel like you're part of like the reason why it's here where it is. <laughs> yeah. You know. Um hey, so were you scouting or something or you just kinda of going there for experience? What what's going on?
0: I uh I was walking to whole Foods to buy some bananas and I saw a bunch of people wearing uh Duke shirts and I looked online. I didn't you know, I thought the game was happening, you know, in North Carolina, but it was happening at MSG. So I looked it up, bought some tickets, they were like 30 bucks, uh, and just sat there for like five hours watching two back-to-back, uh, <laughs> back like one. Uh, in typical
1: was, Raymond fashion.
0: It was great. It was great. Uh, how are you, Brian? What have you been uh, doing? How, how was the uh, show in San Francisco?
1: The so San Francisco show was pretty good. I actually went to the SoCal show over the weekend, and everybody told me to not do it, as in like, because I was driving there. Uh, it's a six-hour road trip. Um, it was a tough, it was a tough drive, but I convinced two other collectors, I literally just met, I was like, I I think this might be fun to do. And luckily they were like, yeah, let's do it. Um, but you know what? Overall, LA is really worth the hype, hype, man. Like it's just crazy to see. It's just crazy walking into the show, the premiere show and thinking how it's in like a small little rinky dink gym. No AC. It's hot. I mean these tables look so flimsy um like you like you breathe on it, it's gonna break right like, like like how would you put your cards on a case in the case there but the people really make up for it like i would never done so many deals within an hour span for just soccer right like you know soccer you gotta when there's like two or three people you got you gotta make it you gotta be efficient you know you don't really have the volume but in this show it really felt like soccer Card collectors came out to really trade and everything. And I saw a lot of heat. I uh, went to Burbanks. Um, that was really cool. Unfortunately, the the buyer wasn't there. So I couldn't really negotiate or anything. But man, just seeing just the whole entire vibe of LA. Um, you know, I was so, I was pretty much sold on LA when, when uh, one of my friends was like, I was like, trying to take my stuff out of the car. I was like, hey, I don't think we should leave stuff in the car. He's like, chill out. We're in LA. You're okay. I was like,
0: I love this place. <laughs> i'm not sure if that's the smartest move man <laughs> <laughs> yeah i probably shouldn't put that out there but whatever interesting uh how did things go down at the at the premiere show that's the, the one in, uh it's the one in like garden grove right
1: yeah westminster yeah not Westminster. West, yeah yeah i say westminster and i got roasted so just give me pro tips to everyone <laughs> i'm just giving out nuggets right at this point but it was great i did a lot of sh- deals uh soccer soccer card deals like i mean there was a point where I was moved, I trade into a card and literally two seconds later, the card was bought up. Um, and then I tr- recycled, just trade it, bought something. And then I traded it into something and someone bought something else out. And that literally never happens with other shows because, you know, first off, there's just not that many soccer card represent- representation, right? Um, but yeah, everyone was really nice. I saw I saw Sasha T there, man, but like I couldn't get I couldn't get to talk to him, you know. Um, he was a little busy. I, you know, he was one of the guys I actually would love to just meet, kind of it was chop it up. But you know, if Sasha if you listen to, to me, um, I'm here. <laughs> big fan, <laughs> big fan. Uh, But no, overall it was good, man. I think it was worth it. Would, would I now? Would I do a road trip back uh, to LA? Probably not. I probably would take a flight. Cause like no flights are a little bit cheaper actually, to be honest. Um, but yeah, so I, I would definitely go. I, I know Burbank's trade night is December 10th. Um, Eric, I don't Eric, I
2: actually don't know where
1: you're at. But like you know, maybe this is a thing that we all go to.
2: No, you know, I'm so I'm based in Chicago. So obviously, oh. I, when the National came through, it's easy to get to. Um, and actually, actually, a good point because it's like how there are so many shows nowadays. It seems like if you go on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, it seems like there's a show every weekend. So it it is sort of interesting to kind of get a perspective on like how do people decide on what shows to go to and then like what is it worth it right and to your point you're you're sort of getting into the fact of okay I made the you know I made the trip out there this time you, maybe you don't make the trip next time or only if it's more convenient for you so it's kind of an interesting kind of conundrum now because now there's a show every weekend.
0: Yeah 100%. Eric now that there's a show every weekend how do you decide? Um, which shows you like to? especially you know you work a full-time job uh, you have kids um you're married right it's like difficult to kind of balance everything how do you decide to uh, prioritize like one show over the other
2: yeah i mean for me you know to, to your point since i am busy with you know just life in general um it's really just the big like you just have to focus on the big shows. Right? So obviously no brainer is the national right Um, And then then you start to talk about some of the other big shows like the Dallas show, which I know we're going to talk about a little bit later here. Um, You know, Tampa has a big show um, as well. And then it seems like, you know, like I was saying earlier, it seems like every other week now there's another huge show, right? Like another 200 table show, another 300 table show. Whereas before it used to be, yeah, there used to always be regional card shows for sure all around the country. Um, But, you know, we're talking 15 to 30 tables. Um, and it seems like now with the card boom, obviously, in the last, you know, let's call it four years, even, um, you know, we're starting to see just big shows pop up all the time. Um, and, you know, I feel like at some point you get it's like you sort of get show fatigue or just like card it out, burnout. just yep, a burnout, yep. you know. And so, you know, for me, it's like even going to just the, the, the huge shows. Um, you could tell that folks are still just burned out from the past weekend because they were just in, you know, Shipshawana, Indiana, and there was a hundred table show there and they did a ton of deals. Um, but then, you know, but you have to show up at Dallas, right? Because that's, it's a huge market. You know that there's going to be people there willing to deal, um, you know, so you got to keep the, keep the ball rolling, so to speak. Um, but for me, I mean, the personally, that's how I approach it. You know, I, I think that Raymond, you obviously have a different perspective doing cards more full time. And then Brian, I not, 100 percent sure on you, but I don't. I'm just here, you know. <laughs> you know it's it, 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 you know, so it'll be interesting just to kind of get perspective on, you know, your, your guys's perspective on how you Whoa. see shows and what you pick. I actually have a quick question for Eric. How long have you been collecting? So I've so I collected as a kid, right? So I mean, right. I think it's much like all of us, you know, used to do baseball cards when I with my dad on the weekends. We'd go to swap meets, garage sales. You know, you could. That was back then where, you know, cards were in abundance and they were cheap, right? Um, And really, my dad was really into memorabilia. So really, we ended up with, like, you know, Frank Thomas's signed bats, Ken Griffey Jr. So I grew up in Seattle. So, you know, obviously the Seattle, you know, quote-unquote baseball icons were sort of my dad's bread and butter. So, you know, Alex Rodriguez, Ken Griffey Jr. You know, we had signed mitts, signed, you know, um, signed baseball bats, balls, that that sort of stuff. Um, But I really got back into it sort of, around the same time that the boom started, right? Like four years ago, really back into it, um, you know, with basketball, right. Because that was kind of the top of mind, you know, it was in the season and that was where, you know, some of the bigger eye catching numbers um, in terms of card values went to. Um, And so, yeah, that's sort of, that's when I sort of got back into it and started accumulating and, you know, am where I am now. Um, But, you know, it's probably a very similar story to a lot of, a lot of people listening and, Sort of most of the folks that show up at card shows these days. Okay. Uh,
1: well, since since you're talking about basketball, maybe it's a good segue to the season just starting out. I am a Magic fan, so anything I could cheer about, I cheer about. I don't, I'm not really buying cards right now, per se, for basketball. um But you know, what has been the strategy for you all? And I'll give you kind of like my high level point of view, like just from face value, I'm noticing a lot of people are selling KD. Um, I don't know if that's just something that I'm seeing. Uh, what What do you guys have observed in the basketball season, like the start of the season so far?
0: I think that overall, um, at least, like, among like, the relatively new players, like, no one's had like, any, like, crazy like, 50-point games or anything. And mean as a result, there's like, not, like, a whole ton of activity for, like, at least the older cards. So I think our people are shifting back to, like, you know, Kobe. uh, I think the Kobe market's even a little soft. Maybe, like, you know, Jordan, I think it's, like, people always want Jordan. Uh, And, like, a little bit of LeBron, although I would say, like, relatively, like, LeBron market is a little bit soft uh, from what I've seen from, like, auction prices. Um, That's kind of of my take. Um, I've also noticed in the recent, like, Golden auctions, like some of the modern cards ended low. Uh, for example, like I saw a Luca 2018 Purple Ice Prison on BGS ended at 15k, uh, which in the past I think would have been like, you know, 20, 20 something K card. Uh, so either like someone got a steal or, um, you know, I, I think people, there's just too much going on, right? There's too many auctions happening in too many places. Um, it's just impossible to juggle all the balls in the air, and as a result, the balls get dropped.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like this year, unlike last year, um, the card market's not moving quite as much, like with performance. So I feel like last year, you know, Zion or Jaw would have a huge game, and prices would tick up. Um, and obviously, I know Zion's injured this year, but I feel like similarly this year. You know, Luca or Steph Curry could have a huge game. And last year, cards would, would track up. And this year, whether it's just, I think people are getting smarter about it. They realize that people are going to try to quote unquote cash out when someone has a huge game. Like Steph Curry had a 50 point game the other night, right? Couldn't miss. Um, and, you know, you, you start to see cards pop up, right? Steph Curry cards start to pop up on eBay. And, you know, people trying to take advantage of that. I think too many people in the past, 12 months have been burned buying sort of at the peak of after a big performance and then realizing that, Hey, you could just wait two days and the hype would die back down and you could buy that card for 15% less. Um, So, you know, I think with, to your point with the golden comps, it's sort of like before you could catch really good timing and Luca could have a triple double um and beat the Lakers. Right. And that card would get 23,000. Um, whereas this year, even if that happened, I still think the card, you know, it would do what it what it did um, where it ended for gold in a 15k.
1: Yeah, actually, isn't I feel like with Luca? Do you think? See, this is from a soccer guy talking. Do you think the expectations that collectors have for him, you know, are, are collectors being a little bit more impatient, like saying, you know, there's better opportunities somewhere else, um, or is it like just what you're saying? maybe people are just getting burnt and they just are not as confident yet uh with this with this season starting starting out
0: yeah I mean I think overall he's just like on a bad team <laughs> um I don't think there's any other way to put it um, the second the <laughs> yeah. second reason is like, I, th- I think generally like uh in order for like card dice to sustain like the player I think needs to win a ring but not only win a ring but like win it quickly uh, like early on in his career, like you saw what happened with Giannis, right? He won a ring last year, um, in his you know eighth season, uh, seventh season in the NBA. Um, he didn't win it with a super team, you know. Like on paper, it was an amazing champion. Like I, I love like hearing that story, right? But like his card values, you know, went up maybe like five percent and then like dropped a little bit maybe afterwards, right? Uh, so yeah, so like to your point, like I, I agree, Brian. Like I think people are getting smarter um, about. Um, you know,
1: like what, what Eric, it, said, just, it. Like, just, Eric oh, said. It but Eric said it. i claim. I'll claim it though. though.
0: <laughs> Ryan, you said it. As far as I know. <laughs> so serious now. There you go. There you go. Serious now. Uh, people. I think. Yeah. People are getting smarter. Uh, I think the football market is. Uh, and I'm just changing topic. I think the football market is like a little bit more volatile. Uh, there's fewer games this season. Uh the quarterback is more like one player is more important than like you know, in a, like another sport, right? Uh, like, for example, like the other day on the Golden Options, I saw a Joe Bro Contenders optic Gold PSA 9, and at like 39k, which is a ridiculous price. I sold a BGS 9.5, the same card, for 21k just the week before. Yeah. Um, and it was just because he had a really good game, I think it was against the Ravens. Uh, so just like stuff like that, you know, I was like watching it, and I was like, this is going, it's going pretty pretty crazy but i think i think the hype is going
2: to die down soon as well yeah that one is that i think people will quickly learn because they're going to get burned because look at look at you know quarterbacks obviously the only position that garners huge money right in football um and look at the mahomes market right i mean before the season started mahomes was on fire and you know cup you know eight subpar games. I mean, they're still right in the thick of things, right? That team can still turn it around, but you can see, I mean, his prices are cratering down back to earth. Right. So I think people are starting to realize that it's such a performance based, um, that I think they're going to do similar to what has been happening in the basketball market. They're going to take a more cautious approach going forward. Um, but obviously Burrow and Herbert are, you know, they're hot right now, right? Every week we hear on ESPN and everyone's talking about those cards. And so, um, so hopefully, you know no one's left holding the bag on those guys.
1: but but is it is it me or is it yeah, I don't know. It feels like NFL right now is still really exciting. Like is that Is that just me or I, I am a Bucks fan, so that that does play a part. But overall, though, I feel like there's a lot more names that are coming up. I, I think Raymond kind of put it you know, nailed it on the dot, actually. Just none of the young studs are really showing out, like, really showing out that we didn't see coming. Um, you know, like, who's excited about Franz Wagner, right? He's, like, on the magic. Like, he, he's good, uh, but who's who, – you know, no one's, like, hyping it up. It's definitely more exciting when you have Joe Burrow leading Bengals. I mean, they lost to the Jets, but, you know, that's another nice story. story. Uh, but, you know, you see what I'm trying to say? I, I feel like that – the whole entire Zion era – like when he first came into the league, really taught us a lot of things.
0: Yeah, no, I I, I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm like looking at the records right now, and like the Chiefs are actually not bad. Uh, no, I think if they're right they're five there. they're five four. Yeah, they're uh, right in are are five...
2: <laughs> That's the thing is like you could buy Mahomes cards today, and if they win a Super Bowl, I mean you're gonna cash out pretty, right? So it's not like. It's not like you know the team is not doing decently. It's just kind of that recency
0: bias, right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, be fearful when others are greedy, and be greedy when others are fearful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. There we go. That's a Raven. <laughs> yeah, That's go, a Raven quote. I got. I think Warren Buffett got it from Raven. <laughs> yeah, um,
0: he was. Yeah, he was, he was taking those. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I
1: think go. Go ahead, Raymond. Sorry.
0: Oh uh, no! You, you continue. I was going to change the topic.
1: Oh, I was gonna change just to topic two. Let's go. All right, I'll change uh, it. I'll change it before you then. So I right, go. Let's um, do
0: it. Yeah. So I, I know earlier before the show you were talking about, um, you know, how you approach buying, selling, card shows, and trading cards for other cards, Brian. Uh, yeah. We talked about like kind of like your strategy of like trading up or down, um, either direction for liquidity or value. Uh, what have you learned so far about that? And can you maybe elaborate a little bit more? On what you mean by that?
1: Yeah, it, it's funny that Eric was talking about how people are, are getting, like, showed out or burnout, right? And it's just funny that you talked about that because I did this little thing where I'm like, hey, you know what? Let me go to four shows in four weeks. And technically, I did five shows in five weeks. Um, and that is real, you know? Uh, and I wanted to do an experiment to see how do people really, you know, uh, help the bottom line, right? How, how do they profit out doing these shows? And when, when I first started going to shows, I was always looking for cash, 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 you know, because everybody's saying cash is king. Um, the problem is when you get, you do get cash, yes, you can leverage, but to a certain extent. Like, I feel like people are more interested if you could trade a card and throw in cash. Um, and And essentially what I've been noticing is. I've been doing a lot of tables with a great curator daniel and he does an excellent job on this like first off i think cross sports trading is such a hack like if you can do all sports and you could cross into like different sports like like for example trading basketball for let's just say f1 i feel like that's like you could crush some people in that type of deals the another thing is i've been buying what i've been doing is buying cards at a certain value obviously there's not that many comps on these cards and then you know Beefing the value up a little bit because to my perceived value, right? And it's easier for someone to accept a card um, at full eBay comps per se or at your value uh, than saying, Hey, I want your card for like 40% off uh, for cash. That's what it feels like. And what I've been doing is basically just trading up. Like, so what you would do is you trade up for value. So I would buy something, um, a few raw cards, prospects you know, find some cards that are pretty liquid, move into a bigger card and keep work, working my way up. I throw in, you know, half cash, um, half trades. And then all of a sudden there's a point you're like, you know what, this card's like 5K, you know, for me, 5K is a lot, all right, uh, 5K. And then all of a sudden you're like, okay, maybe it's time to go back down. So what I would do is trade down, get a little bit of cash and get cards that are really liquid and then move, keep moving down, moving down, move down and just rinse and repeat the process. And that's what I've seen with Daniel. And that's what I've been doing the last few weeks. The first two weeks were really hard. Like I wasn't really getting that much action in, and I realized I was just looking too much for cash, right? Um, and yeah, maybe you get cash, but then like, what do you do next uh, is, is the tough part. So that's what, been, that's what my take has been the last uh, five weeks. And I think it's something that should be talked about a little bit more.
0: Yeah, the idea of trading up and down, um... You know, in Cycles is interesting to me. Like, I've never really heard anyone talk about that before. Um, I don't know how, like, I've, I don't really ask other collectors or dealers how they usually deal with that. Uh, usually, like, I'll just straight down and then auction off the cards.
2: Straight off. What's the difference when you're a whale versus a little
1: but, Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like a little peon right here, you know?
0: But I've noticed that that is not a good strategy. Uh, because I don't know why, but like auction prices, I feel like, uh, you know, don't end as high as I expected them most of the time. Uh, so for example, like, you know, I traded into a Shay uh, Blue Ice Prison PSA 9 for 2.2k last week. Uh, I sent it off to auction, it sold for 900 bucks. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Own the L. <laughs> that That's how like... you do it. But
1: buy <laughs> high, sell
0: like, low. <laughs> uh, I got my, I got my cash. I cashed out, <laughs> but at what cost, right? Uh, so, I, I, yeah. So maybe like, I think patience is the name of the game here, right? Like, selling at the right time, but also like, you know, if you think about eBay auctions, right? You have to mail it to the. I you know, sell through consignment. You have to mail it to the consignment for two days. Wait for the auction to run to end seven days, get
1: paid out two days, right? Start to finish is probably like a 10-day process. And by then, I hype it's
0: probably already
1: died down, right? Well, um, well
0: so it's not
2: really it's the right answer. Is Shy liquid? Prism
0: is. Yeah, Decently liquid. Yeah, yeah decently.
1: Okay. Maybe yeah. I'm in like my own little world <laughs> and I don't know because I was thinking maybe it's not as liquid, right? Like you straight down for three or four cards that you can move quickly um, at, the, at the same face value,
2: basically, at a show. Yeah, and this sort of goes to kind of the topic Raymond, you and I've talked a little bit about is just like in terms of liquidity, right? It seems like everyone is not looking to, most people are just looking to trade plus cash and they'd really like to just trade for trade. Um, I think it's, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty out there that like a lot of people are like card rich and like cash poor. And so when you talk about, like, the money circulating throughout a room, right, it's like a lot of people would like to sell their cards for cash, but realizing the values of their cards that they're sitting on, you know, it's it's unrealistic to believe that you're going to be able to cash out in that room, right? And so, which is why Raymond goes the route of, like, let me, let me trade down to some stuff that's liquid and try to turn it into cash by consignment. But then you see what happens. You know, you can take a pretty big L because he traded at 2.2K and he thought, well, you know, I could take a little bit of an L, but I'd like to probably get 2K. Um, and he ended up with less than so. a <laughs> thousand. <laughs> that's a whale, man. That, that's, that's a whale move.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah I, remember, I remember talking about that. It's like kind of like, you know, at a show you see like one, you say, say, for example, like you see one card, it moves to like one dealer to the other and every single time uh, that, that kind of increases in value. As it moves yep. from like dealer A to B to C. Right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And then like all of a sudden, you know, the, the, you know, like the, the whole value of, you know, the whole market prices, right. Because, you know, one person just forking off the next at a higher price. Uh, I, I don't know what to think about that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's, it, it, I mean, I don't I mean know it, that's is talking, it is what
1: right? it is, right? It is what it, it is. It is what you know? it is. Yeah. So, and it's like, who's the end consumer, right? Like, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, you have to find that collector, that really wants that card. And I think that's really the, the venture with these shows. It's like, okay, well, I traded a haul. I remember like buying. So what I would do before shows like last two weeks is buying stuff for like either raw or just prospects and soccer um, for like 15% comps because, you know, that's what people like to do. Uh, you know, they're okay with doing that. But then I'll add my 15% comps on it when you trade. I guess people, I psychologically are okay with that um, for some reason. Uh, And it's been working so far.
2: So like psychologically for for both of you and either of you can answer, like, why the difference between like cash value and trade value. So like when you quote someone like, hey, you could buy this card for a thousand bucks or I wanna trade it for 1.5K. Like what I think it's just an interesting topic for people to hear, right? It's like, everyone does that. And I think at some point someone started that like whole trade value, yeah, yeah. cash value. And so everyone just continues to do it. But I just like to hear like your perspective of like why the two values and what, you know, what does that mean to you?
1: Raymond, do you wanna answer this first? Like, I feel like you have a better articulated thoughts. For me, it's like, I have like a, like my, my go-to.
0: That's a good question, Eric. Uh, <laughs> I, I think there's two main reasons. Uh, first is like, there, there's a risk with like auctioning stuff off, right? So you kind of need some sort of wiggle room, uh, like a, pre, a premium uh, to account for that risk, uh, right? Kind of like in, in, my, in my case, right? But like, you know, like I, I gave him extra trade value. His trade value was higher than the market value. Right. But like it was still like, you know, it, was, it still wasn't enough to compensate for the risk. Um, and the second is eBay fees. Right. Like if you cash stuff out, you're automatically take like a 10 percent cut. A 13 percent cut. Uh, and there's probably some other reasons, too. Uh, but yeah, I feel like those are the two the
1: two main ones. Yeah. One of my reasons is like, well, I'll tell them cash is once I get cash, it's easier to get into something. But then when it gets to a card, I have to do more work. Right. So it's like that 10%, it's like that extra work I have to do to cash out. Um, and that would be like my argument, essentially. And I don't know, it's just, I feel better when I know, hey, you know what, at least I could, get... if it doesn't, it feels different when you don't take any cash out, um, when you can just
2: trade a card, I guess. Yeah, no, I think though that's actually a really good way to articulate that issue. Um, cause I, you know, heard people try to explain it away all sorts of ways, but yeah, you're right. I mean, if you're trading card for card, you're more likely to give up a little more value because you're not having to reach into your pocket and, and add some liquidity to the deal.
1: Yeah. yeah. And, and also how, you know, another question I would always ask people and it's just genuine question, right? Cause I don't want to kill them. Um, regardless, I would say, Hey, you know, are you in this for very high? you know, like just have an idea, like what's their mindset, what's their, what's their thought process, like, okay, well, you know, most time um, I'm genuine about it, like if, if someone said they bought it really high, hey, hey listen, if you're willing to take this L, you know, we could work with you, but like, if you're not, then I don't think I'm the person to be working with, uh, but if you like, if there's sometimes they'll be like, well, I'm not in it for very, very much, that's easier to work with them because, you know, uh, you can b- build in values without killing each other, so.
0: That's, yeah, that's very interesting. I've never really thought about asking, um, asking that question. Like, what are you, what are
1: you into that card for? Yeah. Well, no, is are, that you, are you into a high? Are you into a high? Right. Like, I don't want to ask
0: exactly
2: how much. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so. Yeah, you're you're That's humanizing yeah. the interaction, right? Because you're 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 showing that hey, I realize that you could have gotten to this card at any point in time, the top of the market or the bottom. Yeah. Um, and it it gives you some good information too, right? Because it's like the willingness to work with what you're trying to accomplish for that deal right
1: 100 percent. yeah and you don't want to waste time right like one one of the first tips i've ever gotten at a show is that you have a finite time to make deals you know you have a finite time the last thing you want to do is end up trying to do this whole entire deal and, and then figuring out this guy was over 2x the high right at that value um and it's, it's just no way to work it out after an hour of negotiations
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think the best deals from both sides are the ones that you you find out in, like, honestly, in, like, you know, five minutes, right? Like, once I dealt with, like, MC Sports cards and, like, you know, it was, like, a really big deal, but we, like, we figured and like, I know it was longer than what he would have liked to negotiate for, but, like, I still think that was very, very smooth, right? It took, like, you know, like, it was done in under 30 minutes, right? But, like, I feel like someone else working on, like, a smaller card could have got it done in, like, five minutes, right? Like, just...
1: 100%. 100%. 100%. Um, but let, let's move in to probably like the topic of the, the, the show. I know Trading Down, Trading Up, Liquidity, it kind of talks about the, all the shows, but like I think everybody went to the Dallas Card Show besides Raymond. Raymond, did you go? Dude,
0: yeah, I saw you there. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: didn't go, but I know Raymond went. Oh, yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, we, we ain't we, in and out we, together. We, we yeah, ain't in and out together. together. <laughs> 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 yeah, I've I, never and, Like, it's funny, Raymond saved me from like just, uh, just being by myself too, because like I didn't really have anybody. <laughs> and like, thank God Raymond was like, yo, you want to go eat food and everything? I'm like, I yeah. friends. Um
2: yeah. he's the guy that you had, had dinner, dinner with. with. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, who did I eat dinner with? Uh, no, because you left this this the next morning, right? So oh, I was the next like, morning. it, like, it kind of felt yeah. like it felt like you weren't there. Uh but, but yeah, so let's talk about the Dallas Cards show. Uh I might as well just stop you there, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know that. I really feel like the Dallas Card show of all shows that happen on a regular basis really is elite, in my opinion. I don't know. Maybe it's just like the brand they have where all collectors that come together um, will find something that they want at the show. Do you agree?
0: I think so. Yeah. Uh, I think that uh, I was talking with Eric Myers, who works for PWCC, and he was talking about how he started it like 15 or 20 years ago. Um, it just you know, started with like 15 tables, and now it's like grown um, over those decades to you know 300 tables um, every month. So I think I think the history aspect makes, plays a huge portion, right? Like you have like both people who have entered the hobby and like recently versus like people who have been doing it for like a long time, right? And then once you have those balanced people, that's what makes the show show there to stay. Uh, you have a good time there, Ryan.
1: I did. I really did, especially Friday Friday night. You know, because we, we got to spend time together, you know, <laughs> unforgettable <laughs> time together, you know. Um, no, it was good, man. Uh, trade night was good. Um, I, one thing I will say, I'm not a big fan of card shows having music. <laughs> like, trade night was so loud with this music. I'm just like, bro, like, I'm trying to, like, work out this, this deal, this soccer card deal. It's like, last thing I need here is, like, freaking Jay-Z in the back of my head, you know my ears um nothing wrong with jay-z i like jay-z by the way uh just i it just nothing beats dallas man like every time we, i go there it just seems like everybody's willing to deal um everybody's willing to do something um and i saw some f1 action too so i was talking i was with daniel the great curator and man people are so passionate about f1 um and eric i just want to just ask this question i don't know if people even i don't even pay attention i i I watched a documentary i know lewis hamilton i know schumacher right i know the uh verstappen guy um (laughs) the verstappen guy uh but someone kind of brought it up to me and i just thought oh that's interesting i wonder how that works there's only a certain amount isn't there only like 20 drivers or something
2: yeah, because there's only 10 teams um, right? as part of Formula One and they each have two drivers on the grid. How, my question is, how do you feel the longevity
1: of this hype lasting? Right? Because like it just seems like hype is it's like just it's exciting. Um, yeah. but then again, there's only 20 drivers. Like, how much is it do we run into the Lucas
2: situation all over again? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a good point. I mean, so you know, and to ter- talk about drivers specifically, right? So Lewis Hamilton's obviously, you know, he's like the Tom Brady of the sport, right? Seven-time world champion, has all the records for winning at this point, right? And so, you know, folks are obviously buying Lewis Hamilton in terms of the F1 product from Topps because it's the first, you know, it's the first one out. It's the flagship Tops Chrome. Um, so I think Lewis Hamilton cards are always going to be, you know, a, a good investment, something good to hold. Um, but you're right in terms of the other drivers right because there are only 20 seats and the turnover is high right because in, in formula one like any other sport right if you don't perform you get replaced um and you know it, and at the end of the day it's all about the money right so it's either you're performing and so you keep your seat and, and you get that continuity that way um or you know formula one teams it's expensive right to run a formula One operation um and a lot of teams take on sponsors and you know, in some cases, drivers come with sponsors, you know, in, in, in you know, in terms of like, there are some uh, overseas drivers, uh, like, you know, Russian drivers that bring some of their own endorsement money to the Formula One grids and the teams. Um, so they're, you know, they're not necessarily the first choice to end up in a seat, but they end up getting in that seat because of that right. fact. Um, but yeah, you're right. It's, there's really like five guys right now where the values are are tremendously high and strong and they have strong markets based on their future potential. And, you know, Verstappen's one of them, right? He's a really young guy driving for Red Bull. Um, he's like looking likely to win the championship this year. Um, so that will, you know, sort of like when you talk about a catalyst for what the cards are going to do. Um, I think some of that's built in, but I think once he actually, you know, if he does put his hands around that trophy, um, you, you certainly will see a bump, um, in terms of his card values, um, and then realistically, like as drivers move, you know, good drivers move from different teams. Um, obviously, Mercedes, Red Bull, um, McLaren, and Ferrari. I mean, those are kind of like the top tier teams. And so, as as drivers from like the lower teams move up, potentially to those sorts of seats, you could see some you know, card market movement in that regard. But it'll be interesting to see because it's really like, just like first year Prism, this is first year, you know, tops Chrome, right? For the for these drivers. And so it'll be interesting to see as they release, the next release comes out and for, for the 2022 season, essentially um, in December. So it'll be interesting to see sort of what those card values do and how kind of the market continues to progress. But right now it's, you know, we're sort of like, it feels like every day is a new high for Formula One. And uh, so you start to get worried a little bit, right, in terms of, like, are you buying in sort of at the top of the market now or is there still room for growth? Do, do you feel the prices are justifiable right now? They The prices are justifiable because the you know, the wax prices have gone crazy, right? So when right. the Formula One Top's Chrome boxes came out, you could buy them for $450. Uh, today, mm-hmm. you'll be hard-pressed to buy a loose box for $2,000. And so, you know, consumer with that, it's like you've now you've seen single prices rise to levels to to validate the prices of the wax. So right now, you know, I think that the two are in line because there are huge enough cards that you can get out of those boxes to justify the pricing. Um, But, you know, it's just like Prism basketball was you know, what's I see. 14 months from now. Right. You know, Zion Jai, your prison basketball hobby was crazy. It was on fire. Like you, the boxes, went. you know, they came out at, you know, $600 and then they rose to $4,000 um, and then now they've kind of settled back in the middle. So I expect the same thing, right. With this sport, I think, you know, at some point you'll get to this inflection point of, okay, you can, how much further can it go up? And then we'll, it'll come back down and kind of settle down at the, at a, at a, decent rate that's higher than what they originally came out at
1: yeah and, and sorry i i know you probably have thoughts but i have more questions so um so no, eric this is like really good stuff because some people are just like it's going to the freaking moon and yeah it yeah. probably is it's just sure. like we've seen this before and it's hard when you're in the thick of it to realize it but i also have a quick question do they have a set date for the next tops chrome like is it for next season or something like that or is that yeah
2: it's it's it they do have the next tops chrome coming out so essentially the next year's version of it and it's supposed to release sometime in december it was i believe it was sometime in november and then it got pushed back for production region reasons um so yeah they will have another set coming so we will soon get another data point on how strong the market actually is um because again like i said this feels like first year prism and you know those those prices are strong um, then as, as new newer releases come, like how do those cards hold value um, of similar, you know, similar drivers, right? Like second. So now we're talking about a second year Lewis Hamilton, a second year Verstappen versus like effectively a rookie year Lewis Hamilton tops Chrome.
1: Right. Okay. That's my inter- integration.
0: I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, values aside, what's your favorite uh, F1 product?
2: My favorite F1 product is probably Tops Dynasty. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'm sure you're familiar with like Tops Dynasty for baseball because they've been doing that for many years. Uh, but they did a Tops Dynasty, which is essentially one card, right? One thick card um, autographed um, per box. Um, and so, obviously, those cards are expensive, right? So, they, you know, when they originally came out, those boxes were a thousand bucks each. And now they're going for like 3500 ish for one card um and so there's high risk high reward right because you could get a lewis hamilton you know lewis hamilton will probably be you know lower end one lower end or higher numbered. i would say um lewis hamilton card would probably get you fifteen thousand plus um but you can also get a you know a team principal or a team manager if you will and those cards are you know, 100 bucks <laughs> right so that's a huge l right you pay three thousand dollars for a box and you get you get a Dude. you get a team principal and that card's worth 150 bucks right huge l that, are all great. cards in that? Are all cards in that set like
0: patch autos?
2: Yeah, everything's like a patch auto or like a memorabilia wow. auto. Auto, so like a glove auto. Um, you know, oh, that'd be sick. Yeah, so the glove auto is actually pretty cool. If you've never seen them, you know, just go on eBay and take a look. I think there's one listed on. I think there was one listed on eBay, Lewis Hamilton one, and they were asking like 125,000 or something for it, or best offer.
1: <laughs> Dude, these these are really cool, actually. um I love it. Like, oh, I see Verstappen forty. It it literally looks
2: like flawless to me. Yeah, exactly. It is exactly. It's like flawless. It's you know, it's like national treasures, sort of that deal, right? Wonder if they're gonna come with soccer with this one. Like, what are they waiting
1: for? Like, this is sick. Yeah, these are these are like race worn.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, like yeah, race worn essentially. Yeah. And then for the team principals, you know, the, the dress shirts they were wearing during race. Day. No, really? <laughs> really? The, button, the button. Yeah, the button, you know, <laughs> from their, the button from their Prada you oh,
0: know, the dress, dress shirt. <laughs> <other day>.
1: Logo <laughs> man. That's a logo man for, uh, for the managers. Um, okay. That's really cool. That's good stuff. Because I, I I like um, Form, Formula One, like, in general, just because the documentary, you know how it is, right? The documentary just looks badass. So, I was just like, damn, I, I like this. Um, but yeah, so it's good that you have, it seems like you, you kind of have a good perspective on Formula One, whereas like, I would feel like some, it could get scary if someone just thinks that it always goes up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I, cause I, that happened to me in soccer, right? Like I remember how, how the soccer boom came out of nowhere and I was just like, will it s- slow down? But it always slows down. So.
0: Yeah. I love Tops Dynasty. The patches look really, really cool. Yeah. I, I and think what's are... also really cool is like the uh is like a lot of the autos are bad. So like the good ones mm. I think are extra cool. I, I like it when like not all the autos are good for some reason.
1: Dude, that's crazy. <laughs> but, um okay, do, do we have anything else that we want to talk about Dallas or, or anything else? Um I think that's
0: I think that's it. Um yeah, let's, let's wrap it up. Um,
1: yeah, we went through a lot. We went through a lot in this episode. I'll tell you what.
0: Yeah, I feel like I uh, learned, learned,
1: learned a lot. Learned a lot from, from both of you. Uh, it was sorry, a pleasure having a, you. I'm sorry. I see a Christian Horner. Like, that's the, that's the, uh, that's, that's the manager. Yeah. Yo,
2: that's, that's that's sick. I like this guy, the Red Bull guy. Yeah, he's, I think he's married to a Spice Girl too. So he's like, <laughs> dream okay okay right. but anyway sorry rayman we'll, 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 we'll edit this part out eric so that you're sorry uh, I, you got got so super, I got so super i got super
1: like dude you get it for 187 dollars that's pretty wild yeah
2: that that's the thing about top dynasty right like you could take a huge l or you could end up you know hitting a six-figure card so it's sort of just it's luck, you know like anything right it's sort of luck of the draw um but, but yeah, I mean, I think Lewis Hamilton, you know, people will tell you, like, Lewis Hamilton is Tom Brady of the sport, of course, right? Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I think as the years go on, I think those values of those cards will just start to tick, you know, continue to tick up just like they did for, you know, TV-12, so.
1: Okay. Cool. Sorry, Raymond. You could go – you could do the wrap-up now. Oh good. okay. I'm just looking
0: at the – interesting. Yeah. Yeah, the patches look really cool. I mean, all of them are kind of different. It seems like they actually – Pops actually tried for these ones. <laughs> um but uh yeah, it was a pleasure having you on today, Eric. Uh learning about F1 and your experience um at shows. And you also tell us about what happens in uh in Chicago in about a week or two.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna I'll be going to the show, so I'll let you know what kind of action we see. People are probably showed out, like I said, from Dallas already. But appreciate you guys having me on. It's been fun talking all things sports. Do you have an Instagram or anything that you want to plug, Eric? Sure. You guys can follow me. It's just my, I use my personal Instagram for cards as well. So it's just E H a 8.8. So it's oh, true. me gosh. follow, I don't, I don't have as much content obviously as you, as you famous card folks here, you've card
0: celebrities. So
1: yeah,
2: Raymond, right,
0: <laughs> I'm not the one who carries the camera around uh, shows filming things. So <laughs>
1: very true. Very true.
0: Cool. But uh, you- well, let, let, let's wrap it up. I uh, know uh, you guys are busy. Uh, yeah, it's been a pleasure, um, and hope you guys have a great uh, rest of your weeks. Sweet. Awesome.